And what I talk about is lean marketing. And lean marketing is really about, like I said, clarifying who you are, understanding who your customer is, and internally understanding what's motivating your people and how everyone together, you know, it's like we're all a part of this bigger organization, but each of our job can connect to whatever the bigger vision, the core value is. And so where, where I go with this is, you know, first we need to reimagine what we mean by the word marketing. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. If you've been thinking we've got to stand out or improve our reputation or expand our reach so that more people know who we are and what we do, you're in the right place today. Lately, I've been working with leaders and their teams who admit they want to stand out and cut through the noise. Of course, they're not marketing or branding experts, and they're trying to think through things, trying to figure out what they need, the kinds of resources that can support them in that area, even the questions they need to be asking. Some are small businesses. Some are teams or departments within large organizations in different industries. So I wanted to bring in a marketing and branding expert who could share some perspective and ideas that would be timely for some leaders and listeners that I know, including you. Her name is Orly Zewi, and that's Z-E-E-W-Y. She's author of Ready Launch Brand, the Lean Marketing Guide for Startups. And even if you're not part of a startup, I argue you should be thinking like one. Even doctors, lawyers, engineers, or educators need to understand the value of marketing and how they can think more entrepreneurially, especially now when it seems everyone has had to hit some kind of reset button after the pandemic. They're asking questions. Who are we now? Who do we serve? What do we want to be known for? Those kinds of issues. It's actually a great opportunity to engage your people, bring needed clarity and consistent messaging, focusing on issues that you really care about. So I think you'll gain a lot of insight from the conversation with Orly. She's an educator and speaker based in the greater Philadelphia area. She builds the DNA of startup brands, helping organizations cut through the noise with messaging that attracts their ideal customers, clients, or market. So before you make any decision about where you want to go from here with your marketing and branding, listen to this first. Enjoy my conversation with Orly Zewi. Orly, welcome to CEO on the Go podcast. Thank you, Gail. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yes, this is going to be a timely topic. Of course, I think every topic I do is timely, but this one, this one has been coming up in conversations lately with a lot of the clients that I'm working with who understand the importance of, of trying to become more visible and position themselves in their market. Um, many of them don't know a lot about marketing and branding. They're leaders, executives, business owners, but they're they're becoming uh, more interested in this topic. So I wanted to bring you on because I know you've been at this for a while and uh, can share your expertise. So I know we're going to have a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I wanted to start with, with kind of a basic question um, to help 
make the distinction between branding and marketing. Because when I'm talking to people, I hear them say, yeah, we're working on our branding and marketing. They kind of roll it all together. But how can you help others understand what the distinction is and why it's important to make it? So marketing is really about selling and branding is about understanding what you're selling. So what I like to say is if you don't clarify who you are, it's really hard to convince someone to buy it. And if you think of it a different way, marketing is the engine to sales, which is why you so often see positions being, you know, sales and marketing, even though they're different things. And actually, it's incorrect. It's marketing first because marketing is the engine. So if marketing is the engine to sales, branding is the conductor. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good analogy. I'm working in some environments that uh, talk very openly about sales. It's part of, of their organization. Others, sales, it seems like we don't talk about sales. Like we're, we're doctors, we are lawyers. We, you know, those kinds of industries often don't even use the word sales. So how would you speak to them about this topic and, and why it's so important, why they need to be thinking about it? So instead of sales, I would say engagement. And engagement is, you know, that's a big buzzword right now. But what it really means is that people know who you are, they understand what you stand for, and they they hear from you, right, on a regular basis. So, we, of course, we're on social media, although I know doctors uh, tend not to, to tend to shy away from social media, but let's take LinkedIn, which is a professional platform. Uh, there are currently 310 million active users on LinkedIn every month. Four out of five of those are decision makers. So if you're in the, in any kind of business where you're looking to up your business development, 80% of business now comes through LinkedIn. So, you know, so it's it's really kind of rethinking how you're connecting with people. And, and I agree, you know, sales has taken on a kind of cringy sort of feel, right? But, you know, the I, I love this quote. I, I'm sorry, I don't know who said it, but the quote is, Everyone wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that before. So you're right. I think that there is increasing focus on social media, even for organizations or industries that haven't done that as much. Uh, some of my clients are looking at outsourcing that. They say, we need to find a young person who can oh, <laughs> do these posts, right? Oh. So oh. What, what do you have to say? What, where should they start when they're, oh, just trying to, when they're trying to think through? What are their options and how can they find the help that they need? <laughs> so can I just say, I literally talk, I just, uh, dedicate a whole entire chapter to social media in my book, Ready Launch Brand, the lean marketing guide for startups. And I will tell you that my first thing is, Please don't hire. <laughs> please don't hire a, a, a low-level intern to do your social media. But let me let me explain that. So you, whoever you are, who is running this, right? Whether you're a CEO or whether you're a department head or whether you're um, the, the head doctor in a practice, you need to set the tone. The intern. See where, where people make the mistake is they have the intern basically be the voice of their brand. They're not able to do that. What they know, and they're really smart about technology, they understand how social media works. And so, you know, as I said before, you know, branding is the conductor, your social media intern. They're the ones who are, who are you know, back in the old days, right, when, they, when people right. use coal, they're the ones who are putting the coal <laughs> to make it run. Oh, right? no. But they are not the conductor. And I think the problem is uh, where people get in trouble is they, they kind of, they hire uh, a, a young intern, and they give them no direction. And then all the, the intern really can do is just they look out and they see, oh, here's what's trending right now. Let's do that. 
But, you know, you need to figure out, this is another thing I talk about in my book, are you an elephant or a giraffe, you know, or an alligator? You want to make sure you've got the right environment, right? So that, so when you speak, you need to speak in a unified voice. And this is something I talk a lot about in my, in my speaking and webinars that I do. Once you understand who you are, then you need to make sure that you engage with people using that voice, using, you know, kind of like you've built this environment, right? And so what you want is to constantly remind people that this is what you are about. And then the intern will do a great job. They'll figure out the platforms. They'll be able to figure out like how often you need to do it, right? They're more of the technical piece. So when you, you bring up another question, when you say, oh, well, you need to be the director or the conductor, many of them, I think, don't really know how to do that. All they know is that they want to stand out. They want to differentiate themselves. And so are there some starting points that you might recommend to help them gain the clarity that they need about how to be effective in that role, even if they're not doing it on a day-to-day basis? Um, you know, to, to, do you gather your team? I know I've, I've done some sessions trying to help leaders gain clarity in their teams about who they want to be, what that looks like. What, what do you suggest? So this is what I do when I work with organizations. The first thing we do is we do a survey. I have a couple of questions that I ask where really what I'm trying to get to is why are people here? And in a way, you know, it's like you have to start, and this is actually, you know, this is what I've been working in my whole career is where's the beginning, right? Where's the starting point? And the starting point is you need to understand your organization. So the best way to do that, and this also goes to engagement Employees, and especially these days, because we talk a lot about, you know, how do we keep people on, you know, the starter with millennials, and it's and it's also true with Generation Z. It's, you know, they want to be engaged. So asking them what matters to them, why, why did they come to work? Why are they here? Then what I look at is what is the common thread? And what you start to find, and you can actually, I do this as well, you know, kind of develop a wordle that brings out like what is the top thing that gets people excited. Uh, about about being here. And then once you have that, then you craft the messaging that everyone, you know, everyone needs to be saying the same thing. It's like singing from the same hymnal. You know, everyone needs to have one sentence when they're talking to anybody saying, oh, well, you know, your company, what do they do? Well, we do X, Y, Z. You know, we, we solve a problem for this audience because the, and, and in order for them to get why like that's and that's really and you could sit, call it an elevator pitch it sort of comes off of your value prop so these things you know start internally and what i have found is if people speak in one voice internally they're much more likely to talk about you externally because what you want is you want people who are engaged inside the organization before, because those people are why your customers come to you. Yeah, I love the focus on engagement in that way. So let me ask you another question. And this is geared to, to help executives that might be leading a department or a team within a large system or within a large organization, where they they have the motive to brand themselves to stand out, but they're part of a larger system, you know, and so there's some constraints. Um, yet, you know, I love the fact that, you know, you, your book has the word startup in it, because I argue that departments, teams, they need to be thinking like a startup, they need to be thinking as their own brand. But how do they strike that balance of trying to create what they want for themselves while also being part of this larger system? That's a great question. It really and, and it's one that that I've, I've addressed many times. And what I have found is you know, this is why it's like, you got to first understand what your organization stands for, right? And then you need to understand where your role fits into that. So there's a couple of steps before before the part you're talking about, which is, 
you know, ultimately, no matter who you are within the organization, your role is to help support and, and, you know, help the organization become more successful. So your job is to do that. And honestly, as long as you make that clear and it's, and it's obvious to people, right, that this is what you're doing. So what I have found is this is why whoever you are in terms of being a department head, you need to be in conversation with the leadership team. You need to figure out, like, you need to get that information. You need to really be clear. You know, people talk about core values. And, you know, I argue that there's only one because everything else is really how you do business. And so um, when I do these brand workshops and I get clear on, on who the brand is and what we stand for, once you understand kind of that connection, really how you do it is not as important to the organization as what they get. So then I think that in a way, I mean, in, in a way, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the good news, bad news kind of thing. In the sense, it's good news because you have the resources and you've got this big organization behind you. So you can afford to be entrepreneurial. The bad news is you have to do it in a way that doesn't make it seem like you're going rogue and, you know, building your own organization. However, that happens when you can show success. So one of the things I always, I always talk about is you need to start to look at measurable outcomes. So engagement has been not only good for the organization externally, but internally, if people feel that they are part of a conversation, when people are engaged, they're also going to be happier. And then you don't have to worry so much about uh, retention. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, you touched on another question having to do with measures of success, and how challenging that can be, especially when it comes to marketing. I'm guessing there's certain metrics that are more standard, and then others that are intangible that might be more difficult to measure. So again, kind of going back to a lot of people that I know who aren't traditional marketers, they're, they're leaders who are trying to help their organization stand out in some way. How would they know if they're being successful? Another great question. That's why I literally end my book with the ROI of marketing, because there is such a misconception that marketing is a widget. And so widgets live on a balance sheet, right? It costs you X, you know, you look at COGS, cost of, of goods sold, and, and then you look at, you know, you figure out the, the, the formula and you know how much to sell it for. But marketing is not a widget and marketing should not be on a balance sheet. Your marketing is an investment, just like, you know, legal expenses, your IT, you know, you know that every six months you're going to have to update everything. You know, the bigger the organization, you have your own IT team or you, you've got, um, you know, an external and, and you know that that's going to be expensive because it's part of the investment you make in the growth of your organization. People do not think of marketing this way. But as I said, marketing is the engine to sales. So when people say, and this is, this is another thing I talk about in my book, you know, one of my favorite things that people say is, we'll pay for marketing when we have money to pay for marketing, which is, uh. <laughs> which is the silliest thing. I mean, you know, the only way you're going to have money to pay for marketing is to pay for marketing. And, and uh, sometimes I talk about it like a pie, right? If you think about it, if, if your organization is a pie, and you take a tiny, tiny, tiny sliver is marketing, your pie will never get bigger. But what happens is if you take out a, a big chunk and you invest it in marketing, that's what is going to grow your pie. And ultimately, you know, people want, they want to be successful. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're a startup within an organization or you're launching a startup, 
your goal is to scale. Your, your goal is to be successful, is to have people, you know, be engaged and happy. And, you know, you're doing something that you care about. And so actually the reason I wrote this book is because I have seen over and over again, people not spending money on marketing and they fail. And, and, you know, the startup rate of failure, as you know, is fairly high. It's actually 20% fail by year two and 50% by year five. But the good news is if you make it to year five, your chances of success go up. So that's why investing in marketing early is going to help you. Yeah. And I would add to that too, not just money, but your time. I know that leaders are struggling so much with time issues already and trying to be efficient in how they're going about their day and managing their teams. And I love the fact that this topic is coming up more in some of our meetings, meaning that they need to put a focus on this. They need to be having these conversations. And it's not something that can just be figured out in a day. <laughs> it requires some thought, letting it percolate, right? So, And it's also not a one and done. Yeah. Engagement is not a one and done. You know, I actually just did just did a webinar on this last week. This was in healthcare. And it's this idea that if you want people to make better decisions in terms of their healthcare choices, you need to engage with them earlier. And I talk about storytelling is a big part of that. And, you know, I know we don't have time to, to go down. Into we that could path, go down a whole other path with that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, and, but, you know, people hear engagement, but they don't really understand what that means. And they also don't understand what marketing means. So, the thing about marketing is most people, when you ask them what's marketing, they think, you know, this is sort of the, the standard thing is, oh, you know, having enough money to, to buy spots on the Super Bowl, right? Exactly. Like that's, the 30 second spot is, I don't even know how much it is now. You know, it's, it's millions of dollars. And, you know, it's so out of reach for most people, but it also then feeds this idea that, well, we're, we're never going to have enough money for that. So there's no point in doing marketing. And so what I'm hoping is for people to start to understand but that's traditional marketing. And what I talk about is lean marketing. And lean marketing is really about, like I said, clarifying who you are, understanding who your customer is, and internally understanding what's motivating your people and how everyone together, you know, it's like we're all a part of this bigger organization, but each of our job can connect to whatever the bigger vision, the core value is. And, and so where, where I go with this is, you know, first we need to reimagine what we mean by the word marketing. And sales and marketing, they're often put together, but they're really not the same thing. The other thing I'm going to mention too is when do you bring those people in? So you have people who are the salespeople and you have the creative people, right? And the problem has been that creatives have often been left out of those conversations as if they're really here to come at the end to put the bow on the package. But creative people are creative for a reason because they also are really good at, at problem solving. And so bringing them together in the, from the beginning, if you have creative people also help your salespeople, that helps salespeople understand what creatives really do. And it creates a much better and more holistic environment where Instead of just being hands that just do your bidding at the end of whatever you want to do, they can help you solve bigger problems in a creative way. So, you know, that's where design thinking comes in. Yeah. yeah, I love the fact that you're bringing that up. And another correlation or another 
process that I like to advocate is involving communication people in, in your strategic planning. Like when teams are first sitting down and trying to figure out where they're going, what that looks like, what, what matters to them, having a communications person in there from the get-go is so valuable because what often happens is they, they have all these great conversations and discussion and then they think that they figured everything out and then they go, okay, now how are we going to communicate all of this? <laughs> Whereas <laughs> if you so bring true, somebody Gail. in with that skill and, and engage them in the beginning, it is so much more powerful to do that. So I love the fact that you're emphasizing that with creatives. And I'm just saying it, I think the same applies when bringing in any kind of communication expert into the mix. Well, that, you know, that's also my background because I have a degree in graphic design. And, and part of what I've noticed over the years is, you know, especially as design has become you know, more commoditized with with the technology, it's almost like we've forgotten that there's a huge strategy piece to this. And uh, in terms of communications, you're absolutely right. I mean, we can communicate anything, of course, but let's figure out what we actually want to communicate and who we're communicating it to. And what do they actually need to hear in order to make the decisions that, you know, because you're, you're building a narrative, right? And so the idea is that the organization needs to be in, in charge of the narrative instead of allowing other people to to decide what that is, right? So having communications people at the table right from the get-go is super important. And by the way, that only happens when you have leaders who understand the value of this. And so I see leaders becoming more aware of, you know, instead of CEO, you know, which is very kind of generic, it really should be, I've, I've, I don't know if, you know, Simon Sinek, I think mentioned this, you know, chief visionary officer is what he thinks that, this should, is a more appropriate term. And I would love to see more of that because visionary leaders understand this. They lead people in a different way, which is really to get really smart people, get all the right people at the table at, in the right order at the right time. And then they let them do their job, you know, and they, and they support it. See, that's the other thing. You know, managers can only do what they hear from the top. So if the top is saying, you know, we got to we got to hit these numbers, we got to hit these numbers, that's what they're going to focus on. If instead leaders are talking about how they're trying to really cut through the noise, you know, which is something I talk about, cut through the noise and be and kind of raise all of this to a whole different level, that creates an entrepreneurial environment and it makes it easier to do this kind of thing. That's fantastic. Well, I know we're limited on our time today, but I'm hopeful that even our short episode today will help raise awareness about the importance of becoming more marketing minded. So what what final tips might you share for organizations or leaders that do want to cut through the noise? Anything we haven't touched on or anything that you think might be helpful to reinforce? Uh, yes, I would say, you know, uh, like I said about investment and the, the rule of thumb is 10% of gross needs to go to marketing. Which when I say that to people, they're like, <laughs> you know, they, and I will tell you that that pharmaceutical companies, especially when they're launching a new product, they're investing 15%. And so the less people know about you, the more you should be investing. And I know this seems counterintuitive because most people, like I said, most people think of marketing as something they'll get to later. And here's what I'm here to tell. I'm here to tell you that never happened. <laughs> Just, you know, let me bust that myth right away. It will never happen unless you are thoughtful about the idea that this needs to be embedded in the DNA of your organization. 
Fantastic. So what is the best way for people to reach you, Orly? Because I know you, you have a name that cuts through the noise. It's not a, a common name. <laughs> Zee-wee? I, you know, I think in a way, you know, when you have a name like Orly Zeewee, you don't become an accountant. I, I don't know why that is, but <laughs> nothing against accountants, please. Yeah, I yeah. You know, don't want to hear back from accountants. But, but you know, you don't, you, you just the name itself. Yes, you're right. So there's a few things. So of course, you can find me on my website. So my website is just zwee.com. It's very simple. And then on LinkedIn, it's Orly Zwee, one, you know, one, one word, Orly Zwee. And then Twitter also, Orly Zwee. Again, when you have an unusual name, it's easy to <laughs> find me. Uh, and you can also, of course, find my book on Amazon, Ready Launch Brand, The Lean Marketing Guide for Startups. I would encourage people to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Now, all my information is there and you can see some of the topics that I talk about. Great. Well, and we'll also include a link to all of those resources in the show notes as well for easy access. So Orly, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been fun. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you, Gail. Yeah. And for everyone else listening in, I hope you have a great rest of the week, cutting through the noise and doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.